Alright, so so this probably shouldn't last more than an hour. Um, well, I'll, I'll give you all I got. It's it's been a real long day, but uh, we'll 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 get a, get as much as we can get. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, this is uh this is Anthony Birch and uh, speaking with David Jaffe. Hey, how are you? Uh, and before we start, we uh, we should probably preface that uh, you you had this whole thing where you weren't going to talk for six months, but you agreed to do what we're doing right now before that. Right, so you don't own anybody uh, in the games. That, that yeah, that's right. This was sort of the uh, the last commitment that I know of that I made uh, before I said, yeah, let's let's kind of go away for a while. So yeah, n- nobody gets anything for free at this point. Okay. <laughs> um, so basically, just this really short sort of summary for anybody who's listening and doesn't really know what happened. I made a rant about how people should not uh, say that that games should only be fun. And then you sort of uh, ranted back with with uh, something, and then we just sort of went back and forth. And now this is just sort of a, I guess, a, a culmination of all that that shit. But um, so I, I I can't I, I couldn't actually look at it because your your blog is now private. But you I remember you mentioning some sort of thing like trying to make games or trying to focus on games as something more than fun is sort of like trying to teach a dog to to sing or to whistle. Do I sort of have that right? Yeah, I'm, let me. I haven't looked at my blog in a while. Let me try to remember what, the gist. I, I, I think the, the the gist was yes, was that you know at least as far as I'm concerned today, uh, you know, with what I've seen from games, uh, I'm under the impression that while in the future games may be able to deliver uh, or interactivity is probably even a better word for it, may be able to deliver the kind of uh, relevancy and you know uh, thought-provoking products that you were sort of lamenting that d- that don't really exist today. Right now, I feel that you know uh, games are are really sort of their own medium that don't do that all too well. And I think I think yeah, that's what I was saying. I was saying that you know you you go on YouTube and you can see somebody kind of you know, who's trained their dog to sing happy birthday. And it's like, well, it kind of sounds like it's saying happy birthday or it kind of sounds like, you know, he's, he's barking, I love you. But at the end of the day, there's a lot better uses for your dog and there's a lot better ways to go about, you know, having a conversation or having somebody sing you happy birthday if that's what you're after. And so I was just kind of making the analogy that with games, you know, if you're really after the kind of emotional relevancy and artistic expression that you that it sounded like you were after there are probably better ways to get that um than going after it through interactivity why do you feel that interactivity by its by its nature as it stands right now isn't uh capable of doing those things because the argument i was sort of making is that uh i i just haven't seen a lot of really really sort of cogent just full balls to the wall attempts at that kind of stuff i mean I, there's been some mainstream stuff that like far cry 2 or fable 2 that have dabbled in it in very very small increments and there have been you know art games that worked for five minutes that have tried that stuff but i so that i mean that gives me a sort of hope that that like um what's the word uh the 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 I can't even remember his name now, but the guy who directed Battleship Potemkin, Eisenstein, Eisenstein's montage theory. You know that whole that whole theory of what makes movies interesting is editing and the collision of different uh, images and shit like that. And to figure that out, they showed this little movie of uh, a guy just with a completely blank stare looking at uh, a bunch of different things that they then cut in. First, he's looking at like uh, a casket, and then he's looking at food, and then he's looking at a dog and people without even like the guy. And the guy's face is the same for every single one. 
And when they showed it to audiences and stuff, they were like, "Holy shit, he's he's you know he's reacting with such uh, emotion to the the dog. He really likes the dog. He's really sad when he sees the casket and stuff like that." And it was it was like this weird little very small experiment that showed that editing on its own, just as a basic mechanic or an idea, has this whole evocative emotional quality that you can build an entire medium off of. It almost seems like to me like a game like Passage, which isn't you know it's not gonna shatter the world, but it's it's five minutes long, but it showed, at least to a lot of people, I mean, it made some people cry and it made me cry, but that it might be, you know, that sort of Eisenstein montage theory, this is a guy looking at a, at a bowl of soup and then looking at a dog, just this is what could be done with it. Okay. I, but, I mean, but that's just, this me, I mean, you, you seem to be coming from this perspective that they, right now, are completely incapable of this stuff. Well, no, I, w- I wouldn't be, you know, so presumptuous to, to I, you know, I, I can't say what it's capable or not. I would very, I, I, you know, I would imagine that, you know, trying to elicit the level of, you know, you know, artistic products that you're after, the medium is more capable uh, than what it's, you know, of doing than what it's done so far. Um, and you know, look, I, I looked at September 12th and I played passage and, and I, I'm not, I'm not suggest, there was also a game. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it was from South America somewhere where you were this, it was a little flash game and you were this guy who was trying to like collect the stars and you fell off a building and it was, I mean, oh, yeah, I played that one. I can't remember what it's called. You, you know, and I've been, I, you know, there's, there's definitely, I'm not suggesting that, or I wasn't suggesting in my response to your post that, there isn't um, something to the fact that interactivity has the potential um, to, you know, create in us different kinds of responses than than it has sort of usually been creating over the last, you know, whatever X years since Pong. Or really, I mean, that was my other point. Is you can go back, you know, three thousand, four thousand years since the first, you know, known game, which was Parcheesi, um, you know, and it's it's like, you know how long have we had sort of interactive or, or just games and, you know, look how little motion, you know, we've made in terms of trying to make them more than sort of what they currently are. And so I don't really, I'm not, I'm not here to say that it can't be done. Um, I'm just saying that, you know, right now it seems to be, um, a, a real hard nut to crack to the point that I think it's an here. Here was my, I think it's an important angle on the issue to look at it. Like it, it may not be doable. There may be something inherent in the act of interactivity that keeps the player from uh, being able to experience these sort of more uh, these emotions that go sort of beyond the base response to the simulation that they're sort of having to tackle at any given moment. And certainly there's something in the design uh, philosophy to be said for, well, you know, you can ratchet down the mental challenge that you're throwing at the player, whether it's a fighting game or an exploring game or what have you. And, you know, the more you ratchet that down, the more real estate frees up in your brain to sort of be aware of other things that are happening in the interactive space. I mean, I definitely think you know, that's one way to go about potentially solving the problem is that so far, you know, you're asking somebody to feel something while at the same time you're, you're just loading their brain with all kinds of other things that are totally, uh, you know, uh, 
have nothing to do with the emotion you're asking them to experience. And so I, 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 I'm not, I, I definitely think there is more to be done. Um, but I, I think, you know, your, your rant seemed to have to do, and I, I guess I mistook it for a rant towards the industry when it sounded like it was more a rant towards the consumer um, in terms of what the consumer expects and what they should be demanding. But there was this tone behind it and there was this assumption behind it that if only the consumer would say, um, hey, this is what we want and we're tired of this kind of testosterone-fueled 14-year-old boy you know, fantasy of guns and girls and, and cars and we want something with some more meat on the bones, that if all, all the audience would say is, well, give us that, that it would be, it would be oh, okay, yeah, we'll do that for you as the industry that makes games. And it's like it's, 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 it's really not the fact that we don't want to do it. It's the fact that so far nobody in the industry – has come close to doing it to the point that none of us are – a lot of us really don't even know if it's doable. Well, it wasn't so much that as like uh, just the the idea that I've heard a lot of – a whole mess of gamers and you know designers and stuff like that basically just already this early up in the game just sort of will uh, – that's a horrible pun and not intentional at all. But like throw up their arms and say that you know games should only be fun, that game by its very definition implies fun, which is just sort of like a horrifying – uh, philosophy for me that any art form okay because then then in the same breath they'll turn around and say that hey you know fuck Roger Ebert game should be taken really seriously and stuff like that and that seems like a, a that that was more what I was I mean maybe unsuccessfully trying to get at in in that rant and I mean it almost sounds like we're sort of in agreement on certain aspects of that at least in terms yeah of well that. I I think maybe the word the it's it, it it can it's a semantics issue at, at times because. I would, I would, I would concede the point that fun doesn't always have to be the goal, but engagement, I think, in any form of art, should always be the goal, unless unless you're doing some avant-garde piece where the goal is to bore someone. And there have been movies like that where they've just kind of filmed a window, and the movie's like an eight-hour movie, and it's it's more about seeing the response the audience will have. But you know, for ninety-nine point nine percent of the things that get made in any industry. I think the goal should be engagement, and that's that's sort of one of the biggest problems I have. Now, I have not played the path. Um, I downloaded it about a month and a half ago, and I, I haven't gotten around to it yet. And uh, you know, uh, which is interesting because I have gotten around. Just tonight, before you called, I was playing Marvel Ultimate Alliance two. I just got wet. I just got uh, Need for Speed Shift. You know, those are the things that I'll, I'll make the time to play. But for some reason. I don't feel compelled to kind of go through the download key and, and deal with, with playing the path. And one of the reasons, I think, is somewhere – it may have been on Gama Sutra, but it was some uh, you know essay about this very subject that, that hit a couple of weeks ago or last week on the net. Uh, and the gist was you know they were, they were basically reviewing the path in there. And in there, they talked about how the path was pretty fucking boring. And and that really kind of gets to my point in a lot of ways. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I haven't played it, but this idea that it pretty yeah, much is. I, I'm in complete agreement with whoever wrote, wrote that review. It's, it's it, tremendously it, it, fucking boring. Right. And so yeah, you're right. Not everything has to be happy, silly, fun. But I do think that you know, uh, you know, Schindler's List, uh, Saving Private Ryan, Revolutionary Road, American Beauty. These are films that uh, are challenging, and they're about very you know important aspects to sort of, you know, the human condition, at least an aspect of the population as, as, as challenging, as important as they are, they're also very engaging. At least a lot of people think that they are. And so I, I think part of the problem 
for the argument for sort of artistic video games tends to be that, you know, whenever, not whenever, but a lot of the times when somebody tries to put one out, it's boring. You know, it, 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 it's like you kind of pat it on the head and you, you give it a, a cookie and you appreciate it, you know, for what they were trying to do. But it's like, you know, it's, it's still fucking boring, um, you know. And so I, I think that's sort of a, another aspect, you know, uh, of the issue is and maybe it's because the people who were inclined to make those kinds of games tend to, you know, devalue, you know, making a product. They don't see it as you're making a piece of entertainment as well as a piece of art. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm, I'm in pretty much complete agreement with you there. I mean, when I say fun, like, fu- like fun is one of the worst fucking words in the history of words for talking about games and stuff like that. Cause yeah, but no, I completely agree in, in those terms that I'm not telltale's biggest fans, but do you feel like, you know, I've, I've heard people arguing when they say, you know, that they want more artistic games. Or they want games that, that challenge you in different ways or aren't just about the empowerment, the fantasy kind of thing that you're talking about. That, you know, games might be doomed to go where, where comics currently are now. That, that games are being born into this industry that is now the most, one of the most profitable, you know, uh, media industries in the world. And if the bedrock isn't set down really early for this is this is what we're going to at least try to attempt to legitimize this stuff and make it more than just, you know, candy floss, uh, then we're going to have the exact same situation we have with comics where you've got a couple of indie guys doing really interesting stuff and all the major comic book publishers are doing really big tits, really big guns, really big superheroes. Do you think there's any credence to that or is that sort of just a douchebag worrying? Um... You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, my, 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 you know, I don't know what dander is, but I think it's up. Um, you know, when, uh, it, when I hear that to an extent, one of my responses to that is just, you know, I mean, look, look at Marvel, right? Look at comics. They just sold for $4 billion to Disney because Disney felt that their, the, the properties that Marvel has created over the last 40 years uh, speaks in in such a strong, important way to a very core demographic of society, and you know if that's not if that's not relevant, if that's not important, then I don't know what is. You know, um, so I don't know if it's necessarily the right. I mean, I get your point. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not blind to the fact that yes, comic books have not enjoyed the same kind of sort of social acceptance and social. Uh, uh, you know, uh, relevancy and celebratory aspects of, say, film or, or literature or music. Um, but, you know, I, I also don't think that it's, it's, it's you know, uh, a dead industry in that regard. But, I mean, I, you know, I don't know. It's like, I, I guess the bigger point that, that I respond to when you say that, or my response to your point is, is you know, I mean... I think there's a. I, I think the only thing maybe more dangerous and more potentially damaging than trying to not be, you know, comics or not be relevant is to try to be relevant. Because I think when you try to be relevant or you try to, if if the, if the intent behind your action of creating a game or creating anything is, I want to be taken seriously. I want to prove this medium can be taken seriously. Um, I want to say something important. Um, I, I think you're doomed before you begin because ultimately it's coming from a place of ego. It's not coming from a place of pure creation and joy of creation. It's coming from more of a place of I want to be viewed through this filter and I have some deficiency in my sort of psyche that says I need to be – I don't take myself seriously enough and I don't look at 
my work is important enough and I need the outside world to validate what I do. And I think to me that really is a bigger issue because, you know, if, if people who make video games are creating from a place of, of joy and, 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 and passion, which I think a lot of us are, um, what comes out is what comes out and how much of that has to do with who we are that gravitate to this medium and how much of that has to do with the limitations of the medium itself is, is sort of, uh, you know, that tends to be a little unknown. What we have seen is everyone from Steven Spielberg himself down to uh, a lot of sort of C-level writers that couldn't necessarily cut it in the movie business, none of them have cracked the nut. You know, and they, a lot of them have tried. A lot of them have said, well, I want to bring the Hollywood mentality. I want to bring storytelling. I want to bring character to video games. And, you know, it, it never really works out. Um, so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying the goal isn't a good goal, but there's something that feels very desperate and clingy and needy and um, insecure about this, this – this need that seems to be out there amongst certain players, certain gamers and certain game makers to be viewed in a, in a different light than they are currently viewed. I, I think, I, I think there's something problematic about that. Well, it feels to me like more often than not, or at least of the, of the indie gaming, you know, pretentious types I talk to and I, I, in my spare time, I'm pretentious as well. But it, it, it more than anything, it almost seems like it's driven out of a sense of boredom. I mean, there's definitely ego involved, obviously. But I mean, do you, do you ever feel bored that you're essentially getting you know fun, empowerment, violence, shit over and over and over again from? I mean, because I think I think the only difference between an average person who wants to be entertained and an average you know pretentious indie art fag who wants more stuff out of out of interactivity is that they both love games, but one is just tired of seeing the same shit over and over and over again and, and is, has a lower, uh, I guess, propensity for accepting it. I mean, do you ever feel that way? You'll have to do the question again. I'm, 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 I'm kind of – I was stunned that it's 2009 and there are still people using the word fag. So why don't you start that again? Sorry. Um, yeah, I guess that didn't sound as ironic as I guess I wanted it to. No, it sounded more kind of hate, hateful. Oh, no, not at all, not at all. I've, I've been called indie fag frequently. That's why I throw it out there. Um, but what, what was your question? My question was, I mean, the, the, the only difference between someone who really wants these artistic games and just a regular person who really loves video games, both of them love video games. There's no, you know, there's no difference there. But right. there's a sense that almost every year we're getting basically the same emotions wrung out of the gamer. You know, it doesn't it feel great to be empowered? Doesn't it feel great to, to crush a lot of enemies? You know, this sense of... Of, uh, uh, of, I guess, what you referred to earlier as sort of 14-year-old boy, just, you know, exuberance. That's, that's really fun. But, I mean, don't you, do you ever feel like you're just sick of the stuff? That well, I, I, away? again, I, I, I think I, I totally get your point. And there are, look, I mean, I'm, I'm not some, you know, uh, you know, evolved being, clearly. I mean, I, I have moments where I, you know, go, gosh, you know, what is my legacy just as a person on this planet, you know, going to be, what am I leaving behind? What am I saying? You know, but more often than not, you know, uh, and, and, and I, I think this is, this is the very dangerous thing about video games being such a new medium, but you know, the, 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 a great game is a great game. And whether you are talking about chess or uno or street fighter two, or, you know, the new Batman, 
ultimately what you're really responding to are the play mechanics and the execution of those play mechanics. And the surface, which does tend to be, you know, not the, I would, I don't even know if it's the vast majority, but quite a bit of sort of, you know, adolescent boy fantasy, uh, really is kind of irrelevant once the gameplay mechanics take over and sort of, if it's a great game, kind of, you know, wrap you up in, in the magic of, of great gameplay. And so, I think that, you know, that stuff is really, you know, when you've been doing it for a while, yeah, you always keep your eye at least, you know, partially on the, the, the sort of the surface fantasy that you're providing. It's important from a marketing standpoint. It's important from a sales standpoint. And it's an important from a, from a sort of a shallow entry standpoint to sort of sell that fantasy as best as you and the team can. But ultimately, what keeps me going as a designer is, is the fact that there's so much, uh, you know, to be mined regarding learning about gameplay and getting really great at at sort of and and that's why I'm very protective of and defensive of you know games for the sake of games because you know gameplay uh, the, the the buttons that gameplay presses in the mind in the same way that you can look at a piece of you know uh, fine art or you can watch a, 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 a an Oscar winning film that that makes people cry and makes people think and reflect on life. In the same way that that's sort of what those mediums do well, my medium, um, you know, from a pure mechanic standpoint, really engages the brain in a very fresh, unique, original, cool way. And there is so much to learn. At least I look at my skills right now. And, you know, there is just so much to learn about, you know, how to continue to make players happy through getting good at that job that, you know, that's the stuff that keeps me going. The, the sort of surface fantasy stuff you know, once you realize what it is, which is really just the wrapper, you know, on the on the candy, um, and it really is quite irrelevant, even though, you know, that's what we push and that's what's on the TV commercials and all that, ultimately it's it's absolutely irrelevant. And I think, um, uh, you know, if, if all we had was the surface, then yes, I would have gotten bored a long time ago. But even when you say that your, your goal is to make the player happy and that it's a wrapper on the candy, I mean, the candy's still candy. You're still... Yeah, I mean, it, it, happiness is is great and wonderful and everything like that. But I mean, it is a, I mean, kind of a, a one note emotion in the way that that the wrapper candy shit is sort of being packaged in many ways. I mean, not to again get into that horrible word fun and have to you know deconstruct that into a thousand different things because there's well again the you know. can, candy. I I don't I I use the candy wrapper because it was just a convenient analogy. I could have easily just have said you know uh, the way you take uh, medicine and sort of wrap it in a in, in a piece of bread so your dog will eat it. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be candy. It's just basically the, the, the point is, is that for whatever reason, uh, and this, this actually, this, this, well, I'll get to that in a minute real quick. But, um, the, the, the point I was, I was making though, is that, um, you know, the, the, the surface really is, is, is kind of not the point and, and it's not, um, well, no, I understand that, but I'm saying that the, the, the gameplay whose main goal is to make the player feel really good and really happy and really empowered, I mean, that to me that's, is... That's, that's, that's very different. That's very different. The, 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 there is a surface goal. Um, when we made God of War, the goal, the surface goal was absolutely how do we make the player pick up this controller if he's playing it at Toys R Us or Target or at E3 or in a demo and just have an immediate visceral response of feeling like a badass. Absolutely that was a goal. But we knew 
that we had to do much more than that. You know, we knew that we had to stimulate their brain and engage their imagination and engage their spatial reasoning abilities. And we, you know, that goes beyond sort of that surface goal of, oh, I'm a badass and goes into more of, you know, creating puzzles, whether they're actual literal puzzles like, you know, uh, 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 an adventure game puzzle or, again, a, like I said, a spatial relationship puzzle or a resource management puzzle. I mean, that's where all the real design work, you know, happens. And so I don't know if it's so much just wanting them to feel like a badass as it is wanting to keep them engaged and keep them involved in the experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at, look at something like Call of Duty, right? I mean, w- one, of the, one of the genius moves of, of the last uh, uh, Infinity War Call of Duty, the, the Modern Warfare was this total, you know, even though people have been doing level up in games forever, and certainly World of Warcraft got there first in terms of mainstreaming it, but just the fact that they were able to put the experience bar in the main, main HUD, just the fact that there's this meta game now, which is about leveling up, um, which, which totally has nothing to do uh, with the violence and the action and the badass soldiering and all the stuff that gets people to buy the game or rent the game in the first place. You know, that's that's kind of where the magic happens. And that's the stuff that, that, that continually, uh, you know, engages me and, and excites me about the industry. Well, I mean, when it comes to Modern Warfare, that's I mean, that's that's sort of one of the games that really interests me, too, in, in the sense that it's like tremendously fun. And I, I've had a lot of fun with it, but it's also sort of it kind of horrifies me in certain ways um, because it's 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 going into this limbo where it's taking all the benefits of being a being set in, you know, real life and basically just throwing away any sense of uh, adherence to social reality or to, you know, we could actually say something about something, we could actually be, you know, honest about the way the world is in some way and basically turn the whole thing into this big overblown episode of 24 where the terrorists always have nuclear weapons, the Americans will get killed, but it's your job to avenge them because fuck yeah, America. And it's like, it. I mean, this is, I'm getting off on a weird tangent. But it's like this this encapsulation of the sense that if if that game had, for instance, been I mean we I want I kind of want to talk about Heartland in a second, but if it had just been you know you're actually in Iraq or you're actually in Afghanistan, and it was about you know this this is what it's like in the way that Six Days in Fallujah was trying to be and really fucking failed at because whatever. Uh, I mean we've never seen that really tried on any sort of large scale, and I think it I, it, it could work presumably i've just never seen anybody try it i've never seen anybody try and fail i've never seen anybody try and succeed to just actually i've never seen you know you mentioned saving private ryan i've never seen any game with the possible exception of certain parts of far cry 2 even attempt in any way to sort of bridge that gap between okay yes this is engaging because it's a war movie or you know war game and it's it's entertaining in certain ways but in other ways it's fucking not and it's horrifying and here's something to think about i mean I know you talked you talked about in the original rant that you 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 know listen to Sony pitch meetings and people not being able to try that stuff and I've heard sort of different things going on at other companies about they just are not interested in hearing the shit at all. Well, wait, I, I didn't. I my I I never. Sony was always interested. So. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I'm saying other companies. I'm not not Sony. Your I, the, your your story was you know people just had really shitty pitches, right? Well, in regards to this particular topic, yes. I mean, you know. Here's what I can tell you. Now, I, I, I was I was sort of a fly on the wall outside the conference room when it came to Six Days in Fallujah because Sony, I believe, was originally uh, that was originally a Sony uh, published title, mm-hmm. 
And I can't get into specifics because, A, I don't know them, and B, it wouldn't be my place. But I was sort of – all I can tell you is if – and I have never played the game. For all I know, it's genius. But if that game would have actually achieved what a lot of the hyperbole was, I guarantee you it, it would be on shelves right now. Um, you know, it, 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 it's not there, – there, there was this kind of uh, up-in-arms mentality uh, amongst, you know, the internet crowd – when that game was canceled, be it from Sony or Konami or whoever, that, oh, the industry is just not ready, blah, blah, blah. It's like, look, if that game had people emotional and feeling and crying and all the stuff that I'm sure that that team intended to do at the very beginning, uh, I, I think we would be going, oh, we, we have one of our watershed moments. But that that doesn't seem like it was the case. And so going back to the issue of just how capable the medium is. I mean, I, I was at Sony yesterday. We we're uh, meeting with the cinematics guys uh, over there talking to them about doing uh, some of the movies and sort of storytelling for our new game. And, um, we, you know, there's some just amazing technology over there. It just blew me away about sort of what they can do with cinematics and stuff. But we got to talking about, you know, it's really unfortunate that a lot of this stuff ends up being in the cinematics versus actually, you know, in the gameplay. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm always kind of disagreeing with people who say, Oh, but it's the mix. We want to mix the two together. And I always think back to that scene in uh, half-life two, where you're in the, uh, I don't know what you're in. You, you kind you it's, 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 it, you're in the, in the kind of the room with the, uh, the scientist and Alex, and they're kind of having a conversation and they've got the head crab in the cage and, and, you know, here I am, Gordon Freeman. I've, you know, I know enough about my character or, or what I'm allowed to know about that character, which is very little, to kind of understand the fiction. And, you know, what's the first thing I do as Alex and the scientists start talking? I don't sit there and listen and feel engaged. I start wandering around the room, fucking around with stuff, pressing buttons, trying to see what I can break, trying to see how they react. And I think that goes back to sort of the nature of, you know, what it means to be in a simulation in, in, in an interactive space where you really can't hurt yourself versus watching a movie or reading a book or sort of having a director hold your hand or an artist hold your hand and say, this is what I want you to experience now. And the minute you give the player that freedom, it becomes a playground. And there's a certain mentality that comes with being on a playground. And, um, you know, I, I, I do wonder, I mean, you talk about saving private Ryan. I mean, you, you could have, photorealistic virtual reality graphics with virtual reality goggles and I am on the beach at Omaha, you know, in that opening sequence of uh, Saving Private Ryan. And I think it was Omaha, but, uh, you know, the D-Day landing. Um, and, and I'm on that beach, but ultimately, and you can have the smells being pumped into my nose and it's great for about three or four minutes. And then ultimately, unless that AI is capable of recognizing what I'm doing as I'm trying to break the simulation and it, and it can kind of fold around me and kind of continue to craft the intended story of the artist while still, you know, taking care of the fact that I'm totally fucking around because I know there's no real danger. You're always going to have the problem of at least trying to create emotion literally, like by basically creating what you see in a film and making it interactive. I'm not saying there aren't other ways to do it. You know, but at least that way, you know, when you mentioned Save It Private Ryan, I, I think that really is probably barking up the wrong tree until the AI gets sophisticated enough that it literally becomes like the holodeck. Well, I'm not arguing in favor of, of simulation or necessarily re replicating the exact sort of 
uh, story beats or anything like that of Saving Private Ryan. But, I mean, going back to Six Days in Fallujah, uh, there was a, a Shack News article, the, seemingly the only guy who actually got hands-on time with it. And he was saying that the game was awful because it was basically the, the developers had turned it into Gears of War, but it happened to be in Iraq. And when I, when I read that, it smacked of not necessarily that the, the, the medium itself is so bad at conveying regular emotion that, you know, whatever, fuck it, they just screwed up and turned it into Gears of War and, you know, a soldier takes a rocket, sits down, gets their health back, and then goes back into the fray. But just that the guys that, who are developing the game just didn't have the balls to create a, an environment, create a, some sort of system of mechanics that was about this is what war actually felt like to the guys who were trapped in Fallujah. Okay, but I think that's probably what I took the most issue with with your rant on. I'm not, the... I'm not saying all companies do that. I mean, because no, 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 you know better no, than no, I do. No, but 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 my point is when you when you did your post on Destructoid, I think the issue, the, the biggest issue I had with it was was this position that it's a lack of balls. I mean, even even the developers of Fallujah, right now, like I said, I was I was sort of you know at best on the periphery of the development of that game when it was at Sony, and that's at best. At most, it was sort of, you know, hearing through the grapevine. Um, but, you know, the way it was presented to me when I asked, well, what's that game about? You know, there were at least some people on the team that were pretty dead set on going, look, we want to make a docu... The way it was described to me, it was like, this is a documentary video game. I'm like, what's a documentary video game? I thought that was an intriguing term, and they're like, they basically want to chronicle interactively the life of these soldiers who live through this or some of them live through this really, you know, uh, horrific time in recent history. And there was at least amongst the people who were pitching it to me, uh, you know, there was clearly some passion and drive there to do something special with the medium. Now, for all I know, the world's best game design is sitting on the desktop of the, of the lead designer and he just wasn't able to do it because of, you know, production issues or budget or whatever. Or maybe he tried and he was like, you know what, this ain't working. My guess would say, well, this is a total guess, my guess would be that he, they tried some of the stuff and they were like, this isn't working. Fuck, we're spending X number of millions of dollars. We got to make a – what are we going to do? Well, shit, we know at least we can make it fun. That seems like a really, really sort of horrifying conclusion to jump to. If- what? Because millions and millions of dollars, yeah, I mean, from a business perspective, perfectly, but if you're chronicling, if you're, if you're even remotely trying to base your, your marketing or your, the basic idea for your game off of this is uh, the most realistic depiction of what it's like to be a soldier in Iraq, fun seems to be a very, probably the worst uh, emotion you could try to instill in the player. That war oh, is fun. Well, my two responses to that, one is I'm not suggesting that they should have hung on to their PR angle. I think if, if if indeed that is what happened, they should have. They you're right. They shouldn't have gone out and presented it in that way. Um, that I would agree with. But I'm in terms of the actual day to day making a game. You know, you you come to a point where things don't work, and there are only so many options uh, for you to respond. And again, this is all just guessing. I don't know. For all I know, they thought it was working, but. From what I gathered, and I probably read some of the same stuff you did, it ultimately wasn't, and it pretty much became a generic shooter. Um, I don't fault them for trying to make their game compelling, whether it's compelling through artistic endeavor or pure fun gameplay, but I would agree with you that I would fault them if they knew they had kind of uh, turned their backs on the original intent, but they were still out there sort of pitching that original intent. Uh, that, That I would have an issue with, to be sure. I want to talk about Heartland just for a brief second because uh, 
that seemed to uh, at least at least from the, the 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 bullshit fly in the wall completely you know dissociated position I'm in uh, at least sort of reach toward the basic stuff that I, I was I was saying I wanted in in terms of you know making you feel complex emotions and all, and all that shit um, but it's but it just didn't work out for any reason was there something in the creation of that game where was it before that game came out you had more I guess optimism about the the uh, emotional potential or an intellectual potential of video games and then after it changed or was there something that happened during or uh, well I, I think look I, I think if I had been working on that game with a different team um, we would have shipped it and X percentage of um, my theories for ways to elicit emotion would have probably worked out you know in the same way that I have people come up to me and tell me in the first God of War there are a handful of moments that affect them beyond just the surface from a thematic or storytelling standpoint. And I think with the design of Heartland, we were going to be trying, you know, to get into that even deeper, you know, those, some of those techniques. Um, so, you know, but, uh, you know, the, the issue with Heartland had a lot to do with, you know, um, not being sort of business-wise able to sort of sustain the relationship I had at the time with Sony and the developer that I ended up wanting to work with that really wasn't their cup of tea, uh, that kind of game. And so, but I mean, I still ultimately think we would have had the same problems. I mean, you, you, I don't know if you, you know, I'm a relatively good pitch and, you know, I could go into a room and I could pitch people. I, I literally, I'd go in there and I'd play a certain track off of John Williams, War of the Worlds, which is really moody and emotional and evocative. And, you know, I'd play that in the background and I'd be pitching the idea where, which was going to be just, you know, the masterpiece of the game, um, where, you know, your, 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 you know, group of soldiers goes into a house in the suburbs, which was, you know, lived in by Chinese Americans and China had taken over America in the story. And, um, you know, you were tasked with basically rounding up the family interactively and kind of putting them, putting them on their knees in the living room. And you had to kind of chase after the teenage son who ran up into the room and you had to bang his door down and grab him by the shoulders and hair and grab him down. And, you know, actually first person perspective, dragging his body down the steps as he's resisting, throwing him on the floor. Um, and then you basically, your commanding soldier, uh, is, your commanding officer is like, you know, you get a first person can of gasoline and they're like basically douse the house, lock the doors and burn these people up. They're, they're the enemy. And you, you know, you had a choice to make just like in Deus Ex where, you know, I, I forget the specifics of the story, but there was that f great moment where you either killed that woman on the airplane or you, or, or you didn't, you know, and I, I, re I really liked that, you know, and that was sort of going to be like, Oh my God, you know, when people see this, this is the shit, you know? And, um, but ultimately, you know, I don't really think that would have worked as cool as that sounds to me because I'm sitting here telling you specifically what you do and it's, it's, it's going from A to B to C to D uh, and exactly what I want the player to do. But the minute I give you a gasoline can or the minute I say go up after the teenage son who's running to your room, oh, maybe I'll go up here. Oh, what's in this room over here? Or, oh, hey, look at the, the mother down there on her knees. What if I shoot her? Oh, well, I can't shoot her. That'll fuck up the story. Let me not, you know, so many things come into play with that whole playground mentality I was talking about that all of that carefully plotted, carefully intended thematic and storytelling, it just crumbles. You know, it, 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 it's kind of like, um, 
in the movies, you know, uh, where, where they unwrap, you know, a mummy and the whole thing, you can see it for a moment and then it just crumbles right before your eyes, you know, when the air gets to it. Um, so, which isn't to say there aren't other techniques you could use, but the ones I was going to use with Heartland, I think a great many of them would have suffered the same problem as that room scene in Half-Life 2, where if you you know, do it exactly right, you know, you may have a moment, but more likely if you do it exactly right, somebody watching you would have the moment and you would just feel like you're kind of, you know, flying a jumbo jet in for a landing. You're so busy doing the exact right thing that you're not really having the emotional response. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm in complete agreement that, that narrative and gameplay aren't necessarily uh, meant to be married in the way that a lot of people seem to try and make them. But I think, I mean, I don't know if you've, if you're a, big fan of Far Cry 2 or anything like that. But you know, I, 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 I have it. I have actually, I've been watching uh, Harvey Smith on Facebook for some reason. He's like chronicling, he's playing it on super hard mode. And so I'm kind of vicariously playing it through him, but I have actually yet to pop it in uh, to my 360. Well, it's sort of like, it's this really interesting, just for, for from my perspective, because, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's sort of an irritating game, and it sort of seems to be serving two masters at some points. But, like, it's engaging in the sense that the actual act of killing people is a great deal of fun, and you get to make all these decisions and things like that. And it really circumvents that whole problem of the narrative that you're talking about, where you're just turning into a playground. Because the whole point of the game is to be a playground, but it's a playground where the only things you can do are pretty goddamn horrifying things like setting just the entire African savanna on fire and seeing fucking wildebeest and zebra just burn alive next to, you know, these terrorists, or not even, not even terrorists, just faction leaders you wanted to kill and whatever. But that game I, is maybe the, the only mainstream example of a game that I've ever seen that A, wants to circumvent the whole narrative bullshit, and B, took that playground mentality and turned it into something more and like every every like there are a whole bunch of really cool blogs that are like people saying well I'm gonna try no uh, no death run through and oh this thing just happened to me with this buddy that I had and I'm gonna turn it into a, into a blog post and a story and stuff like that and that that game is great at that stuff it's horrible at a lot of other things but it's great at that stuff and it's it's just another one of those games that to me is about it speaks you know volumes about the potential to yes, be engaging in this one way, but also to be really horrifying and make you sort of rethink why, why am I doing this, what am I doing, in the same way that people, you know, people always bring up Shadow of the Colossus and stuff like that. And Well, I mean, that's, you know, I, I, I will give it a play now because you're certainly not the first to recommend it, and I think, you know, your recommendation should kind of push me over the edge, although as all the new seasonal games are hitting, I don't know when I'm going to find the time to play anything, but... Um, uh, you know, I mean, even, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's the other reason I think I tend to be a little skeptical of people who claim to respond to these things in ways, you know, in sort of emotional ways. I'm not saying I'm skeptical of you. I haven't played the game, so I, I don't know, but there's there's a sense I get, and it, you know, look, I mean, who knows? But there's a sense I get that they're almost they want it so badly because I don't know they want their medium of choice to sort of be respected or to be looked at as cool or I don't know. Maybe that's just me reading into it, and none of that's true for ninety percent of these people I'm talking about. But you know, you talk about Shadow of the Colossus now. I, Shadow was great. I was a little too. I didn't like the structure. I loved Eco. Eco is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but, you know, this idea of, oh, I felt sad when I killed the beast. Um, I'm like, I, I don't want to take that away from anybody. If they say they feel sad, I suppose I should believe them. But the reason I get a little skeptical is because 
uh, I'm a guy who I'm a very sensitive individual when it comes to media. Look, I mean, I'm not I'm I'm secure enough to say, look, I, I watch Oprah Winfrey. I watch the Whitney Houston interview. I fucking cried during the Whitney Houston interview. I'm easy. OK, I'm really fucking easy. I wear my heart on my sleeve. Clearly, I I'm sensitive enough that, you know, commercials make me cry. Interviews with with singers make me cry and, and move me. And I'm like, well, I don't get it. If I'm so easily moved by all these other mediums, why am I not moved by Shadow of the Colossus when I kill these characters and when the horse dies or whatever happens, I haven't finished it. You know, as much as I loved Flower, Flower is one of my favorite games of last year, probably one of my favorite games in the last of all time in the top 10 or top 20. But I wasn't moved by it. It was beautiful. It was evocative. It was fun. Um, but I, I, you know, I, so I just, I wonder. You don't I don't count that as moving you? What's that? You don't count that as moving you? Well, not not in a, not in a way that 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 sort of is beyond simply taking. Um, as I've said this in a blog post, you know, uh, and again, I would you know, like I said, and I preface it for two reasons. One is I genuinely loved Flower, and two because I I really like the care the, the the guys over at uh, and the and the girls over at uh, that game company. They're really great developers and good people. So I'm not knocking their game, but you know. Um, there is a sense, and you can the same thing applies to Eco and Shadow. To me, now this is may just be personal, and I don't want to insult anybody. Again, Eco is one of my favorite top five games ever. But there's a sensibility, or there's a sense I get that these games kind of take stock elements. You know, the sound of the wind is a big one with these games, and sort of a blown out kind of filter uh, on the graphics, and very little music, and this kind of you know, uh, almost feminine quality to the lead characters or the sound effects or what have you. And and it's like, okay, all that's great, but all those are such sort of, you know, they're the equivalent of Kratos and God of War, you know, ripping harpy wings off and, 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 and sleeping with chicks in every game. You know, they're, they're very rote, cliched paths to a certain response to a certain feeling. And so in the same way that God of War kind of overdoses on the testosterone and heavy metal magazine vibe, I think those games overdose on the ethereal, arty-farty art school vibe. And they both appeal to their audiences. And again, I loved both games. But I don't think either one is really through those uh, 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 techniques – really reaching anybody on in a level other than just like, oh, this is kind of rote memory. I know this. You know, I respond to this because I've been trained through movies and other media that when I hear the wind and I see the wheat flowing and all that, I'm going to feel a certain way. And I'm not saying that games shouldn't be able to piggyback on sort of culture and the things culture has brought us, but it would be nice if games, if this is actually to be a real thing, you know, artistic and more meaningful games, it would be nice if games were able to contribute to the dialogue through their own language and their own vocabulary versus simply piggybacking off, you know, vocabulary from movies and television. Well, I think when people do have that reaction to a game like Shadow of the Colossus, which isn't the best example in the world, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, it's one that I hear a lot. Uh, I, I don't think it's because of that that sense. I mean, there is that that whole aesthetic to it that is very intentionally, you know, hey, think about this in a in a, in a different way than you usually think about an action game. But you know, all the essays I've read, people I've I've talked to who really like the game, it's it's not the, the 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 fact that you're alone in this big world and that it's very pretty and that you get to hear the wind. It's the fact that about halfway through the game, after you've attacked all, after you've killed all these colossi who've attacked you first, 
The only thing that changes with this one Colossi is that it can't kill you and that you have to attack it first. And there's a, there's a moment where, just a very, very sort of subtle moment that if you just stop and think about it, you become a murderer in the game. And that's something that only a video game can provide, that moment, that, uh, that turn, that maybe you notice, maybe you don't, you can make it of it what you want to. But it's your action that kills that, that Colossi, and it did you no harm, and literally could not kill you if you stayed there for, you know, 48 hours and tried to find ways to die. And I do think that adds something to the dialogue. Well, it, it does add something to the dialogue. I think the issue, though, is, you know, how do I express this uh, or articulate this? The, the issue is, my, my, my take on it or my perception on it is that most players, when they, and I didn't get to that moment, I stopped at about the fifth boss, cause, and I liked it, but it just, the structure bothered me. I couldn't, I couldn't, it didn't build any momentum for me to keep going. But anyway, once you get to that boss, I would guess that the vast majority of players, could be wrong, but it's a guess, responded to that in a way that was more, again, how do I solve this? Oh, look, he's not attacking. Great. There's a, there's a, there's a window for me to do my damage on this guy. It's only maybe upon reflection or upon intentionally trying to read into something. I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not saying uh, Ueda did not intend that. He seems like a very uh, artistic guy who probably did intend that. But the, the fact, I guess, I guess, you know, you know, I'm not saying what you're saying is wrong and I'm not saying what you're saying isn't intentional. I guess what I'm saying is that if the vast majority of people don't experience it, then what does it really matter? Like everybody can go see Saving Private Ryan and 95% of them are going to get the intent behind it. Now, games are a younger medium, so it's I don't want to be too harsh on games. Maybe it's like, dude, at least somebody's doing it. Now the next step is to figure out how to make it more noticeable to the mainstream. I'm, you know, Maybe that is the case. Maybe with uh, The Last Guardian, that is what's going to happen. Um, you know, but my take would be that a lot of times when I hear stuff like this, it tends to be, well, yeah, in retrospect, I guess that is what it could be about, but I was just trying to figure out how to fucking kill the thing. Well, I, I think, I think you may be selling it a bit short in that respect, because I mean, there's a whole thing where the, you know, if you attack it, it goes back and it doesn't attack you and you have to actually stare at it, but, but that's not, that's not really, um, but I do think that the fact that you can actually sort of go through some games like this, even some very self-conscious like art games like Braid or whatever, without getting this stuff in the same way that you would get, you know, Saving Private Ryan, is not a bad thing, necessarily. That within the freedom of that system and the freedom of whatever you're being presented, you, have, you completely have the option to just ignore it and to just stick around and, you know, play with the stuff in Dr. Kleiner's lab, or in Braid, just run past all the fucking, uh, the text without even thinking, without even stopping. I think that's a, that's a good thing and i think to, to to suggest that it might be otherwise is to sort of commit that sin of judging the merits of games as a medium against the merits of like film or, or tv and like, suggesting that they have to be good in the same sorts of ways because i i mean there were a lot of responses to both our rants that sort of misinterpreted the idea that when we say we want more meaningful games or whatever that we want them to be more narrative more like movies and stuff like that and that's to me, not the case at all. And with something like Braid or Shadow Classes, where you do have the, the very real possibility that you will miss out on something if you don't stop and actually sort of pay attention to it, or if you just happen to be looking in the wrong direction, I don't necessarily see that as, as a fault. Well, I, I, I don't see it as a fault in, inherent in an intellectual discussion, but I see it as a fault... Um, 
from a standpoint of look, if 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 you want to make something that's that's emotional and meaningful, probably should make it that you know the vast majority of your audience is going to notice it. It doesn't mean there isn't a place for subtlety. There's lots of things in movies uh, or books, and again, I'm not talking about narrative technique applied to games. I'm just talking about you know the experience of other medium that seems to have that it seems to have sort of you know figured out this puzzle for their mediums and those mediums yeah there's a lot of subtleties that you don't get until third fourth fifth sixth viewing i agree with you games even allow like you're saying more than that but i do think if you're going to sort of champion this idea that games can be artistic and emotional and meaningful and powerful beyond what they already are then you do have to kind of get behind the idea that you know the techniques that get used to you know, make this happen need to be techniques that at least half your audience are, is appreciated. Uh, otherwise, you know, I mean, you, you can, you, you know, you can find, you can search hard enough and find enough, enough people that think, you know, pet rocks are, are art or hula hoops are art. I mean, you know, you, it really does come down to, you know, are enough people responding. And I'm not saying there can't be individual games that only a handful of people get. That's the very essence of sort of the indie scene. But I'm just talking about it as sort of a technique that can be applied to the medium in general. You know, I think if we're actually going to look at this and say, hey, we've cracked the nut, then it needs to be something that, that, that I think a large percentage of the people playing the game are able to appreciate. Well, I don't think it's unreasonable to suggest that, you know, most of the people who play Shadow of the Colossus or Braid or whatever are engaging with it on that level. Maybe not understanding it fully, but at least, you know, these games do a pretty good job of putting you into a mindset of... Because there was this whole thing that that theory that you know if you're playing a game, then you're you're too occupied on doing what your immediate goals are to sort of pay attention to other stuff. And I think that's the cool thing about games like say Gravitation or The Marriage or whatever. Uh, even though I don't really like The Marriage, that they're they're in a way that seems counterintuitive to what you know quote unquote fun might be. By playing the games, they're they're structured in such a way that you have to sort of engage them on the level that the creators intend in the sort of I, I, pretentious metaphysical level of you know this is this is what I'm trying to say with the mechanics in order to actually like progress through the game. You can't really do well in gravitation unless you about halfway through realize oh my god okay this is so this is what this represents and this is what I'm trying to do and this is what all this stuff means. And I mean that's obviously not necessarily. A, I'm not saying that you know we should have six hour sixty dollar fully 3D rendered versions of these things. But it's if it works on a small scale like that, then it has to, in some way, be able to... to you have to be able to scale it up somehow. I mean, I, I've, I've never encountered... I, I'm, a, I'm a film study student. I've never encountered any sort of uh, film or, or art or anything like that that you can't scale up something small like the, the uh, Eisenstein you know montage theory thing into something bigger. And there's this weird reaction against it says you know what fuck it games are just for fun forget all the little experiments that people are trying just focus on you know the fun aspect of it but where, where do you get that from because i well that i mean that really ultimately i i don't think look i think both i think anybody who loves games you know wants to see games whatever that end goal is everybody wants to see their favorite medium sort of continue to evolve and grow and be exciting. So I don't think we're that far regard on, on opinion there. But that what you just said, though, was what I kind of found, you know, strange about your rant, which was there's you, – you seem to have this idea that, you know, or you, you seem to be interested in painting this picture that the development community is really just a bunch of 
you know, capitalist mouth breathers. I, I didn't say development community there. I was well, actually yeah, referring to you, gamers. Yeah, but what you just said, though, was that, you know, oh, well, I mean, I'm really tired, but I forget the word usage you just used, but it sounded like you were talking about the people who make the games. No, that was not intended. Really interesting. That was a mistake. Okay, so who are you talking about? I've uh, pretty much, you know, all the all the brands I do. I get lots. I talk to lots of just gamers because that's sort of how Destructor is structured with the community and everything like that. And right. there's a really big sort of just feeling out there that games, by their very definition, have to be fun. That that's that's what they're for. That in the same way that you use a toilet to shit, that the same way that you use a cup to drink from, that games have to be fun and that there's a demand made that if if you're going to try and do anything else at the expense of making me feel as awesome as possible then you're waste then you're you're basically being an asshole with the medium that you're misusing it and that game should only be used for one thing that was what I was that's what that very first rant was a reaction against was just people saying you know that that games have to be fun no matter what and I'm sure there are developers too who think that way I'm not going to exclude all developers from but I'm not saying specifically that developers are just assholes who only want to make a buck and only care about making you feel good. But there is a weird uh, sort of feeling in that direction. Well, I mean, I, like I said, I, I, I don't, um, I, I, you know, I, I like Destructoid very much. I don't, I don't participate in the community all that much. So I, I don't know how prevalent this philosophy is. I, you know, I mean, look, you know, you're always going to get people on the internet who are, you know, you know, contrary just for the sake of wanting to be assholes and argue with your point, but I would be surprised if anybody who is enough of a gamer to, to come to Destructoid, which clearly they're into video games, if, if you, you know, the, the response I would have to, or the, what I would say to that person is, you know, it's, it's what they're really saying is show me. Because it's like, you know, look, you know, uh, the same people who say, oh, you know, I want big summer action movies and that's it. Yeah, there are those people. But the vast majority of people have no problem going from, you know, Transformers 2 or The Dark Knight to, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Shutter Island or, you know, The Piano. Um, they just love movies, you know. And sometimes when you get The Dark Knight, you're able to actually kind of merge the two together. Um, so... Is there that contingency out there that actually says, yeah, all we games should only be fun? Sure, but do you really think that is, 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 is a large enough majority to actually matter? It was a large enough portion for me to do a five-minute rant about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to that end, yeah, look, if you're, if, you're, if you're really interfacing with people that actually feel that way, my guess would be they're probably in the minority. Um, I would say what I would, what I would say is games do need to be engaging. Um, whether that's fun or whether that's emotionally or, or what have you, I don't want to be spending my life doing something that's boring unless there's some promise that I'm going to get something out of it. And that promise needs to be sort of embedded in the very foundation of, 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 of the game. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm okay sticking around for something like even a boring movie. If I know, like I, it took me three tries to get through Munich. I'm glad I finally did. Cause I do think it's a really good dense layered movie, but you know, and I knew there was something there. There was enough there in that film that made me say, you know what, this is worth sticking around for, even though there are parts that are fucking boring as everything. And uh, I think a game has the same responsibility to its audience. It's like you can be artistic and you can have something to say and you don't have to be action-oriented and you don't have to be fun, 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 but you do have to engage. Otherwise, I think you fail. 
unless you are, like I said at the beginning, an avant-garde art piece that's intentionally trying to piss off the audience in order to elicit a response. I think we're in complete agreement about that. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's pretty sufficient for me. I think we hit the hour mark almost exactly. I mean, is there anything else you want to say? No, no, no. I'm going away again. So, again, just anybody who's listening to this, this was a prior commitment. I was glad to do it. I appreciate it. I had a good conversation, but uh, uh, I'll see you guys in, in quite a while. All right. Thank you very, very much for being on. Anytime. Well, not anytime. Not anytime. <laughs> on the road, you got it. Anytime in six months. You All got right. it. Thanks, man. No problem.